Before we get started, I got something really awesome in my mailbox yesterday from you, and I am so proud of you, and I want you to tell everybody about what you've been working on, because I can't wait. I'll let you say, but I just can't wait. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I have a book. I have a book. It's called More Than Enough, Grow Your Confidence, Banish Burnout, and Love Your Homeschool Life, and it's coming out March 10th, and it's not all my thoughts about homeschooling, because that would be a big, gigantic, scary book, but it's definitely, <laughs> it focuses on the idea that um, our love for our kids is definitely more than enough to help us homeschool well. It is so reassuring to read, and I just found myself nodding at everything from Aunt Diane to... <laughs> <laughs> So really, and I just kept thinking as much as I need to read it now and as, as good as it feels to read it now, if I had found that book six years ago when we started homeschooling, I think I would have been a heck of a lot less of an anxious mess. Oh, okay. Well, good. That That's what I'm after is to help people, you know, build their confidence and maybe not have quite so many nights where they wake up in the middle of the night feeling all sweaty and like an elephant's on their chest because we've been there and we know it's hard. And or a small SUV. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and we know it's scary and we get scared sometimes. So we get that. But the reason that we get scared is because we love our kids so much and because we're so invested. So we're not going to fail at this. And I no. just, I want people to know that. So... I wrote down all my feels about it, and um, I want everybody to read it. Oh, thank you! <laughs> I can't you. wait till it's officially, officially out there. Kate's the head of my my PR and marketing team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just hired you. <laughs> You're I gonna just... love it, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so it's available March 10th at more than enough-book.com, and I love our listeners, and I want to give a coupon code just to our listeners, because I love them so much. So I'm going to set up the coupon code sisters and you'll get $2 off. Um, if you head over to more than enough book.com March 10th. Yay. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Kate. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Should we get going with our episode? We should. Okay. Hi there. And welcome to the homeschool sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I am excited to talk to Mary. Um... Mary has encouraged me to no longer say that I don't know a lot about music or that I'm not a musical person, but I do think that there's a lot of parents who would like to incorporate music into their homeschools, but they don't exactly know how. So Mary's our, our go-to gal for that. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people are going to love this conversation, and she just has so many good ideas for either sprinkling it into your curriculum or letting her do the work for you. And we've done both of those, and she is a phenomenal teacher. Yes, she is. She's got a teaching background, you can tell. And um, 
she's been at this for 11 years blogging or being in the blogging world. So, um, you know, she's got a lot of experience doing it. Um, so we are going to be talking to Mary Prather and she is the voice behind homegrown learners and also the author of squilt music appreciation. We're going to talk about what squilt stands for because not everybody knows. (laughs) And as she says, it always autocorrects to squirt, which I thought was pretty funny because I basically have the, comedy level of like a third grader so you know (laughs) oh well then you would like to know that but when I first started writing my little poppies all the time it auto-corrected to poopies (laughs) yes oh my goodness (laughs) just wanted to accommodate your potty humor (laughs) this morning (laughs) oh thank you so much I'm all I'm all filled up now (laughs) so um what's great about squilts is that even if you are not currently studying. I don't know how to say it. I used to always say I'm not a musical person. Um, but if you're, and Mary said, don't don't keep saying that in front of your kids. You don't want to keep saying that. So um, if you're if somebody music who has not been an intentional part of your homeschool routine, listen to you. That's perfect. Look at that. Yay. I might not have another good thought for the rest of the day. <laughs> Yay, Kate, the author of My Little Poopies. Good job. <laughs> So, um, yes, if it hasn't been an intentional part of your homeschool, um, what's great about school is that it's actually a way for parents and kids to learn alongside each other, which we love those kinds of things. We love where you can um, take a class or something with your kids. You don't have to know everything. You just need to be willing to, like, learn alongside your kids. And so many of us didn't really get, like, a huge music education growing up if we went to public school unless we did some kind of outside lessons or something oh my gosh I almost said this during the conversation but I had this one music teacher who in retrospect was probably nearing retirement and was probably done but we used to so we had music like once a week or something and he used to just let you watch musicals except that however he rotated his musicals we were always watching bye bye birdie so (laughs) it might be a good musical but I like I can't hear any of it without and we tried to explain to him we always are watching Bye Bye Birdie. Like, it's been two years of this. <laughs> I don't want to hear it again. I can't. I cannot. I can't. And there were so many other good ones that I'd hear from people. Like, at least you're watching The Sound of Music or something. I'm just stuck with the never-ending Groundhog Day of Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> it was either hilarious. that, and then they took all the mallets for the xylophones, and we, were, we had one of those popcorn, those low ceilings, and the boys would throw all the mallets up. <laughs> And the poor guy never knew. He'd be like, where are all the mallets? They were all on his ceiling. (laughs) So that was my music education. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. She's like, it's raining mallets. What's happening? (laughs) Bye-bye, Bernie. Yeah, mine was, um, you know, a couple times a week, we went to the music classroom downstairs in our um, little grade school, and the music teacher was just so frustrated with all of us that we weren't as passionate about music as she was and it just came through in every single interaction with her she just was just disappointed all the time in all of us and she the one thing she did was um toward the end of because our grade school went to sixth grade and then middle school was seventh and eighth and so at the end of sixth grade she explained to us that we all needed to we would need to choose an instrument because we would need to take uh, music in 
middle school. This was going to be a requirement. And so we needed to choose an instrument. So she sent this thing home and I thought it would be cool to play the harp. And so <laughs> little sixth grade nerdy How Kara angelic. was like, I'm going to learn to play the harp. And so we filled out the form and then we had to take it home for our parents to sign it or whatever. And then she was going to like take these forms and forward them to the middle school. And the middle school was going to like, and my parents were like, we're not buying a harp. What is happening? <laughs> and it turned out that you weren't required to take music. It was an elective. And oh my goodness. So you could take music or you could take several other things, but she was trying to funnel us all into music. And so if I hadn't picked the harp, I think I probably would have, my parents would have just signed the sheet and I would have ended up playing clarinet or, you know, whatever. But I picked a harp and they're like, we're not going to buy a harp. Are you crazy? I kind of wish they had. <laughs> right? I could just... Do, 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 do. I, I'm trying to... That'd be yeah. so peaceful. Yes. Yeah. Maybe... <laughs> I don't know why it was the harp. I mean, my goodness. I guess, like... Yeah. That's I don't know. Cool. No, it, I think it's it's a creative mm-hmm. choice. You're not yeah. choosing what everyone else is choosing. I like it. Yeah. But I've never I've never pursued that on any level ever since that day in sixth grade when I was filling out the form and was like, what the heck? Harp. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So anyway, I could have been playing brunches and wedding receptions for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. I always tell my kids I really wanted to play the violin. I always tell my kids I could have been in the Dixie Chicks. They roll their eyes. Like, if you guys only, this is why you follow your passions. If my parents had listened to me and they'd channeled that, because I still, to this day, if a fiddle comes on, I like, I'm just a sucker. So right. I always tell them I could be playing backup for Kenny Chesney. Could yeah. Be in the Dave Matthews Band. They need needed someone recently. Right. We yeah. Yeah. Imagine what we could have done. Yeah. I could be doing online harp lessons. You could for homeschoolers. Yeah. And then all these homeschoolers would have to buy harps. Harps are expensive. <laughs> I don't know I how much they are now, but in like nineteen eighty whatever or ninety whatever it was when I was in seventh grade, they were enough to make my parents pause and be like, We're not buying a harp. Where where did you come up with this idea? All right. I kinda wanna photoshop your face on a harp yes, player. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but and I like an elegant gown. That's the other thing is you always have to wear a gown when you're playing a harp and high heels. I would have been terrible Which must at be this. So uncomfortable. I always think about that whenever we're at a musical event. How? Yeah, like they look so beautiful. Yeah, it must be hard to like maneuver. I know the harp is a very because it elegant... it takes a lot of athleticism. Some of the the depending on what instrument you have. Right, and just lugging that thing around. I mean, mm-hmm. my goodness. And then you add high yeah. heels to the mix. It's just, I, I probably like, I would have died young, like in a harp accident. So it's, it's good. It's good that we dodged that bullet. Who is the violinist, the famous violinist? I wasn't expecting to say this or I would have his name and I'm terrible with remembering names. Bell? Who played, who played at the, um, Mm -hmm. at a Joshua Bell. Wait, no. Yeah. There is a book. Yes. There is a book out. Yes, the man with the violin. Should watch that. The man with the violin. Everyone should read that and watch that video with your kids because it's just amazing. And it was amazing how all the kids noticed him. Yeah. And two busy grown ups did not. Such a good, such a good book. It's a good message for homeschoolers. Like the kids, a lot of the times, I talk later in this episode about how my kids are sick, but they're learning heaps and bunches. And it's not because of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a good reminder to be like, it's okay, the kids got this. Yeah. 
They yeah. know what's up. Just all keep... those kids knew he was a really good violin player. Right. And all, and all the parents were like, were like I've got to hurry. Okay, that reminds me, and then I promise we'll, we'll move on. Um, we, I, I took my son out for our, like the first time I drove with him this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's oh, gone out with my good. husband a couple times, and he's completed driver's ed. But he's gone, so this was the first time, and we were out on Super Bowl Sunday. And <laughs> it's already <laughs> he was, funny. He was going a little slow. In, in a couple places, which I would honestly rather have him go slow than fast. But I think I need one of those stickers, like student driver, like, please be patient with us. Because we had a couple people like fly past us. And we were like, yep, he doesn't want to miss the like potato skins. He's he's worried about missing like somebody eating all the guacamole before he gets to a Super Bowl party. Yeah. Yeah. So... Oh. I was just going to say, I love that you were doing that instead of the Super Bowl. I am like adamant that... I several years ago many years ago because it was when I first had my oldest I was like why do I do this like I don't like football I've never liked football I'm never going to like football I don't like the snacks I don't like the commercials and then I was like I'm never coming to one of these again (laughs) people ask me they'll be like I know you don't come to them but I just wanted to know you're welcome I'm like thanks still not coming (laughs) yeah well and we talk about in this episode when we're talking to Mary, that I brought a book to a Major League Baseball game. And I didn't even feel bad about it, because I was like, my husband knew who I was when he married me. Yep. So that's just what I'm going to do. But we don't watch the Super Bowl anymore, but we watch, like, they have the puppy bowl, the dog bowl, the cat bowl, and the kitten bowl. You could go the whole day just watching animals play with (laughs) plastic footballs, and that's what we do. And we had an adorable video of our cat Maya watching the kitten bowl like it was so cute cute. yeah so that's what we do instead and then we do make guacamole because guacamole but yeah yeah my kids went to a super bowl pre-party with my husband and i worked on kindred and then Mm -hmm. we i think we watched a movie yeah i don't remember but yeah and then my husband called me in because of the commercial where mr peanut died and he was like i missed that mr peanut commercial well i don't want to spoil anything for anyone but everything works out okay (laughs) i didn't even know mr peanut was still around yeah well i don't know i feel like they played with our emotions a little bit with that one so i just wanted to mention that because this was so cool for us my father-in-law was here the other day and he was asking me about he watches television is just part of his when he's home it's on all the time (laughs) and so he sees a lot of commercials and i realized we never see commercials because we we never watch anything in real time, but he was telling me about, and it kind of goes along with the Joshua Bell thing, about this commercial he had watched where a boy is at, a family is at a concert, and the parents both say to each other, hey, have you seen, like, whatever the kid's name is, where I thought he was with you, no, I thought he was with you, and it turns out he's up playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or something on the piano at Aww. the concert while everyone's waiting for it to start, and then so the 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 pianist comes out and whispers in his ear, don't stop. And starts playing with him. And I guess it's based on a true story. And it's this whole campaign that my father-in-law told me about called Pass It On Values. And it would be the perfect rabbit hole. We watched about 15 of them yesterday. You're going to sob when you watch them. But they are like all on like compassion and paying it forward and being a good neighbor mm. and being a good friend. And there are these snippets. And it's a nonprofit organization that is just putting like good commercials out. Oh, I love that. Yeah. We'll have to link and, to that somehow in the show notes. 
Yeah, it's really like it's a good bucket filler. Yeah. I, I sent it to a friend yesterday and then she was like, thanks a lot, Kate. I'm a boogery mess over here. <laughs> I know. Well, and that's the thing with like the cat bowl and the dog bowl and the kitten and puppy and all this stuff is every year we're like, oh, we're going to watch these and it's going to be so much fun. And every year it's like this kitten was unable to walk and blah. and it's like this Aww. sad story and this cat like overcomes like multiple things and you're just like, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> every year. And then every year I forget. And we do it again. <laughs> it's our tradition. Tradition. Yeah. tradition. Okay, well, real quick, we have a message to share. Yes, we do. So I had an incident this morning that I wanted to share. Um, I had bought a balloon animal kit for one of my kiddos um, who had expressed an interest in wanting to learn how to make balloon animals. And so I was like, great, I'm going to be the mom that strews that because um, I usually have a hard time with strewing. And anyway, it worked. He found it. He was excited about it. Unfortunately, the DVD that came with it that told you how to do all the things didn't work. Um, and I just wanted to share that I have been listening to your podcast and hearing you guys talk about connection and things like that, and that that is the most important thing. And so what I found myself doing was instead of getting super frustrated and allowing the frustration to rule, I was able to step back and think, okay, how can we still make a connection over this? And it's actually, we're going to watch some YouTube videos together. And so instead of him doing the thing on his own by just watching the DVD, we're actually going to get to spend time together. So instead of viewing the DVD not working as this huge inconvenience, being able to view it as an opportunity for a deeper connection has made all the difference in my level of frustration. And so I just wanted to thank you guys for being in my heads and in my ears, telling me that connection and reminding me that the connections that we're making are what's important. I love this message. Um, I love everything about it, but I especially could relate to the balloon animals passion because uh, my old, so background is that it's going to make me seem like not such a fun mom, but I hate, hate balloons. I hate like literally everything about them. The smell, the sound, the potential of popping. I don't want them in my house. I hate when my kids come home with one, like it totally stresses me out while it's in the house. And a couple summers ago, my oldest got into making balloon animals. And I almost, because we were at a pool where someone was moving and they left a kit. I should say that. I didn't have it in my home available <laughs> because I hate balloons. But he stumbled upon this kit that someone was moving, left in the clubhouse of the pool we go to. And he started making balloon animals for younger kids. And it turned out to be like such a magical little rabbit hole. I actually talk about it when I'm doing my lazy unit study course but and he learned a ton and he was also being really compassionate with the younger kids and and it, it just taught me as a parent that sometimes you need to say yes to things that your gut wants you to say no to really for no other reason than you just don't like it yeah <laughs> because we're not raising kids that are like us we're raising tiny humans that are different and so I could relate to this and I just love that she's going down videos and YouTube trails with him yeah yeah, and it's kind of amazing. Um, this, I mean, it's like the theme of this episode is kind of like you don't have to know everything. You just have to be willing to learn like with your kids. And I love that she was open to that. And yeah, oh, it's a, it's a wonderful message. Thank you, Krista. And Thank you. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, what is strewing? We have an episode, so we'll link to that over on 
the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com. Um, strewing is basically just leaving things in your kid's path for them to discover. Um, but you can strew kind of strategically. And so we talk about different ways to do that in the episode. So thank you again, Krista. That was a wonderful message. It brightened our our day when we heard it. We would love for more sisters to leave us messages. Yes. So fun to get voicemail. Yeah. So head over to That's our site. It's not like a political call. <laughs> I live in New Hampshire. <laughs> That's all that's on my mission right now. I see it blinking. I'm like, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> it's nice to get these. And you can leave them right on our site. So if you go to thehomeschoolsisters.com, there's like a little microphone thing. And you can just leave us a message. Are we ready to call Mary? We are. Okay, let's do it. Hi, Mary. Hey, Mary. Hi guys, how are you? Wonderful, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what you do. Uh, Sure, Uh, my name is Mary Prather and um, I have been um, around in the homeschool blogging world for a long time, probably about 11 years. I have uh, two children. Uh, My oldest is actually a freshman in college, so we've graduated one. And my youngest is 15, ninth grade, almost driving, so life is changing. And uh, I have been married to my husband for 23 years and uh, we live in the deep south so i think that's us in a nutshell (laughs) okay and you have um how long have you been right over at homegrown learners i think this is going to be right about at 11 years okay okay when i started homeschooling i was really uh frustrated Imagine that. And uh, my husband said, I think that you should start to write a blog. So as long as I've been homeschooling, I've been blogging. So it's about 11 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Was that, I mean. I love that. I love that it was your husband's idea. (laughs) That's great. It was. He had a a blog back then about craft beer. Uh, And that no longer exists, but my blog is still in existence. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So then how did Squilt develop out of that? Well, I was um, a music specialist um, in my former life. So I taught uh, elementary school music and Squilt was a listening technique that we had used in my classroom. And so then when I started blogging, I started writing a lot about the importance of music in our homeschools. And right away, I found that that was um, a source of stress for a lot of moms. So I began putting some of my lessons out there. Uh, And then I guess it was about seven years ago that we published the first Squilt volume. Okay. All right. Wonderful. So I'm wondering if you could break down a little bit how parents can use, because I do think music can be intimidating if you don't have a music background, and you offer a variety of ways to incorporate music into your homeschool. So I'm, I know the listeners will be wondering the difference between Squilt Live and some of the products that you have on your site. Right. Oh, 
And you know what? Can I jump in really quickly? We should tell everybody what SQUILT stands for, just in case they don't oh. know. I'm sorry to cut you off, Kate. I just realized. No, that's a really good idea. We're throwing it around because we know, yeah, but not everyone good. knows. <laughs> Most of the time it gets auto-corrected to squirt. Um, so, but yeah, SQUILT is super quiet, uninterrupted listening time. Um, and at its most basic, it's just us taking a beautiful piece of music, just closing our eyes and listening. Um, and when I was in public schools, that was a real gift at the end of a class period. You know, we would just lay our heads down for five minutes and listen. And those kids got quite a repertoire by the end of the year of beautiful music that they knew. So I, I think the biggest advantage is just building a habit of attention and stillness um, and realizing that there's a lot of beauty in music if you're quiet long enough to listen to it. Um, so, you know, at the outset, I tell parents they don't need any products at all just to get started. All you have to do is just turn on music and have your kids listen or fill your homes with music. You know, immerse them in music, make it a habit. Um, then going further back to your question, you know, we have two paths that you can take. When you go to squiltmusic.com, you can either um, do it yourself or let me teach it for you. So we have a series of PDF volumes um, that are really very scripted and parents can do those, you know, on their own time with their children. But if you come and join our, our monthly membership, Squilt Live, then you're going to get a couple of live lessons from me each month. And you can plop your kids down, leave them for an hour, and I will take care of them and make sure that they get a good music appreciation. Oh, perfect. I, I love yep. that. We were just talking about there's not a lot of things that you, when you're a homeschool mom, um, you know, that other people can take care of for you necessarily. But you just explained a way that parents can have music appreciation um, without really needing to know much about music themselves, which I think right. that's a big thing it's for huge. a lot of us. Yeah. Well, and what we find too, I get a lot of emails from moms that they're saying they're learning so much, you know, and they're looking for concerts in their area. Or, you know, I just got a, an email from one mom who'd been to see um, the Messiah at the Royal Albert Hall in London with her kids. Amazing. And she said, I never knew. Yeah, they live in London. And she <laughs> said, I never understood the Messiah before. And she said, you know, my kids were singing along. And so, you know, it was just, it's something she's doing with her children, which I think is super cool. Right. It is really neat. I can attest to the fact that you learn a ton. We do your, I know I've told you this before, your Christmas carols every single year and it, it never gets old. It's something that my kids look forward to year after year after year. And our piano teacher has been impressed that they know some of, you know, these older pieces that yeah. kids at this age typically are not exposed to. Right. And then your kids are going to have that memory and they're going to have that memory of you doing that with them, you know, and the older I get, that's the even greater value in it for me is that connection between parents and their kids. Yeah. Oh, and you know, we talk a lot on the podcast about how, you know, parents can get overwhelmed and intimidated, but you really don't have to know everything. 
in order to homeschool your kids well, a lot of things you can learn together. And, you know, a lot of us, we missed out on much music growing up. I mean, I think I had music maybe two or three days a week for an hour in grade school. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, I mean, a lot of schools have completely eliminated that because, you know, there's just not funding for it or myriad other reasons. So things are more important. Right, right. right. Yeah, we have to really push math because, you know, (laughs) or yeah, something else. So, um, so yeah, music doesn't get the kind of attention. But um, you had talked about, you know, one of the great benefits is just that um, practice of attention and the stillness that comes with just listening to a good piece of music. But what are some other reasons that it's good to incorporate music appreciation into our homeschools? Um, I think one of the biggest reasons, and we're seeing this um, right now, as we are doing a month of jazz, and then next month we are celebrating women composers. And who knew there were so many women composers you know, going back to the year 600, but um, it's just an awareness of life outside ourselves and life outside our sometimes little homeschool bubble. Um, So that diversity uh, is very important. And then I will help a lot of parents customize a music appreciation plan that goes along with their history studies too, because music is a direct reflection of what's going on in our culture at that particular point in time. Oh, I love that. Kate, that's like got lazy unit studies written all over it. Like, you know, (laughs) take something and then find ways to incorporate music into that. It's like a multimodal kind of learning too. Like I have a child who's very auditory and I didn't realize that right away. But um, so that kind of thing is really, really, you know, a good way to... um, I mean, a good thing, I guess, that, like a different way to incorporate learning into history. That would be, that would be oh, a great yeah. fit. Yeah. I love aligning it perfectly with your history. One of the things that I really love that you do as part of being in Squilt Live is the listening calendar and how you can just download that and have it on your desktop and every morning just click the link and listen together. I think that makes music so accessible to families and so easy to incorporate. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, we, you know, we include that as part of the membership because then, of course, those pieces go along with our theme for the month. But it's also a standalone product because I realize, you know, that sometimes people aren't going to want to make the financial commitment or the time commitment yet, you know. So with just two or three minutes every morning of listening, you're going to be amazed at what your children are going to pick up it's it is so fun to watch and it's neat to see which kid likes what types of music my youngest has always loved jazz he used to wake up every morning and I used to say it was like his cup of coffee he'd go and read the jazz fly books which we have on audio do you know those picture books they're so sweet they're super sweet but they it it was a a, it's a fly basically who loves jazz and he it's it's so good but he used to like you could not talk to him until he'd listened to all his jazz flies and then he'd come in. So it's funny <laughs> to watch now. Now he's eight. Those, we don't really read those anymore or listen to those, but he still loves jazz. 
we've realized okay. this month. We do, we listen to jazz at home too, but it's just so neat to see that that's something that really pulls at his heartstrings. Right. Now, see, whereas I was playing some um, trombone shorty, I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. I was I've playing seen him. Oh, have you? That's amazing. Ah, I'm very jealous. Well, we're studying him in February, and I was playing some of his music for my 15 year old. Nope. He didn't like it. You know, he just would prefer, like, uh, straight-up classical music. That's my um, oldest. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, how can you not <laughs> not like this? But like you say, that wasn't his cup of tea. Right. But it's mm-hmm. great to be able to expose your kids to different kinds of musical styles and different, um, yeah, and different composers. And, and then they can learn what they like and then if they end up really liking like I I have a jazz kid um too and so you know he'll go to record stores and he's digging through crates to look for old jazz records and and he knows like I like this so I will probably like this and you know they build on it themselves but um you know it's it's so wonderful when they can kind of get an early start learning about um that it's not just whatever is on top 40 radio or whatever do they even call it top 40 anymore i don't know i don't know (laughs) i don't don't listen to it right (laughs) right i do know that i when i was driving um in florida kate to go meet you guys i had the radio on and it was like you know oldies and it was like 80s and 90s music and i was like oh my goodness what has happened You're old, right? No. <laughs> right, yeah. When did that happen? It used to be the oldies was like 60s and 70s, and now it's the stuff that, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's interesting to see how stuff like jazz and that stuff from the early 20th century, how it does bring us up into pop music, mm-hmm. you know, and into like musicals and, and things like that. So all that stuff is a lot more connected um, than we would think. And when kids start to see those connections, you know, then music might be a little more cool um, for the kids that are going to be a hard sell on some of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm wondering, looking back, what did music study look like in your homeschool? Ah, um, well, we did a lot of it. Because when my kids were first homeschooling, um, I was teaching piano. So there was always piano lessons going on, and both of my kids play piano. But there was just a lot of listening to music, too. I just enjoy a wide variety of music. Um, And then I was testing out all of my school lessons on them. So all of the lessons in the musical era series, my kids know. And so I think there, you know, if you would, um, I want to say drop the needle, but that's really dating myself. (laughs) That's what we did in college. Um, If you would play little pieces of music for them, they would know it just because they've been exposed to so much. Um, We also loved the Maestro Classics recordings. We had all of those and listened to those faithfully. Uh, And we did a lot of composer study with the uh, Opal Wheeler biographies. Those were my favorite books. We'll have to link to those over in the show notes and and the yeah. Jazzfly right. books, right, Kate? Is that what they were called? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those sound very sweet. <laughs> they're they're a, like a pre-pre-primer to the Opal books. 
but they're fun. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's an entire, you know, there's a music appreciation curriculum that goes along with those. Um, so yeah, I think, yes, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. That's beautiful. You know, for bigger kids that want to dive into those composers a lot more. I mean, I have a full set of those books here. So we use those a lot. Launched by the founder of Discovery Channel, CuriosityStream is the next evolution of educational and factual programming with 3,000 plus documentary features and series available on virtually any streaming video device. CuriosityStream brings you the best in science, nature, history, tech, society, and lifestyle. If you're looking for a streaming service that enriches you and your family's minds, there is nothing that compares. Kate, we love Curiosity Stream. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite thing. It's seriously, aside from the public library, it's my favorite homeschool thing. And it's so so affordable. It's two ninety nine. That is, I always say it. I'm going to say it again because it's always my go to. But it is the price less than the co- uh, cost of one of those fancy coffee beverages that we all treat ourselves to now and then. Yeah, for, for the sure. whole month, and it covers every academic subject. It does. What have you guys been watching lately? Oh, so we're, my oldest is really into Stephen Hawking right now. So there is a Stephen Hawking's uh, favorite places that he's been enjoying. And then my little guy has been watching the history of food because he's all about cooking. Oh, fun. I know. And then we always love the human body stuff. My daughter has always been interested in anatomy. So I just like that they can, you can, park them in front of it and they're learning something there's no commercials and it's it's really really highly educational and you can find virtually anything on any topic yes you just type right into the little search bar it says i'm curious about and you just type in and Mm -hmm. since today's episode is about music i just went on and i looked for a couple things so the first thing that jumped out to me because my son is really into jazz right now is the jazz loft according to w eugene smith and it uses um, photographer W. Eugene Smith's um, archive photos and audio tapes um, to document jazz greats. I know he would absolutely love that. So I'm going to connect him with that. There's one called Can a Computer Write a Hit Musical? Which oh sounds gosh. really fascinating. Um, there's a Mysteries of the Stradivarius, which <gasps> I love everything mystery. So I'm adding that to our queue. Um, yeah, there's just so much. So it's like any topic that you can think of that you're studying in your homeschool. It's perfect for rabbit trails. Like I just saw today a mom tag me in something where all of a sudden her kids are like super into volcanoes and that's how it happens, right? It's always like, it takes us by surprise and you can just go to curiosity stream, type in volcanoes and you've instantly got something right away. Last year, last winter, we had this, um, DK Smithsonian book that my kids were obsessed about about animals and we would read one page a day about an animal say a penguin and then we would go on curiosity stream and we would search penguin and then we would we would watch whatever came up and that was our science and it it sounds so simple but we learned so much and they've been asking about that again they're like we should do that again so maybe we will maybe i'll pull out the dust off the animal book for sure just because it's simple there's nothing wrong with that no Especially in February. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I'm super excited about this, but Curiosity Stream is offering a coupon code to our listeners. If you use the code SISTERS, it will give you one month free trial. So that's 31 days, absolutely free. Try it out. 
nothing to lose. You'll find out what we're always talking about. Just go to curiositystream.com and use the coupon code SISTERS, and we'll put all that over in the show notes at the Homeschool Sisters, too. And if you find something you love, share it with us in the comments on this episode's show notes, because I'm always looking for something, and I mean, there's 3,000 plus, so you can't go possibly go through all of them. So I love when someone gives me a really good recommendation of something their kids loved. For sure. So a lot of parents especially I think when they start out homeschooling, they feel like there's, you know, you've got to hit on these certain subjects every day. Like you have to do math every day. You have to do language arts. You have to do history. You have to, you know, and it's those same ones that we sort of, the subjects that they have in, in, you know, when we were in grade school or whatever. And then maybe we did or we didn't have a little bit of music thrown in. Um, So what would you say to parents that are like, oh, I just, you know, it's so important to hit the three hours. I don't know if I have time to incorporate music right you know I I just had this um, well I didn't have the conversation with the person directly I had it in my head because I was too angry to have it <laughs> oh I have those all the time yeah but she said um, you know we really didn't have time to get to music because it's one of the minor subjects and I thought, you know, in my own life, when my soul is happy, when I've done something that I enjoy, something that I've had a choice on, then doing the harder things, you know, or the necessities seems easier. Um, So, you know, I would argue that if you're adding that beauty into your kids' lives, it's going to make everything else a little bit easier. Um, And like we said, you know, sometimes music goes seamlessly right in with history. Um, It can go right in with the backyard bird count. Um, You know, there's all kinds of pieces of music about birds. Uh, There's just endless integrations that you can make. So, you know, I would say you're homeschooling so you can have fun. So you can do all those different things. So why are you going to put yourself in a little box? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's good that, yeah, you're homeschooling so you can do these things. And, you know, we're, we were talking about two to three minutes a day to listen from the calendar. I mean, if you're doing like morning time in your homeschool, really, that's that's a perfect time to incorporate, you know, even a little bit of music study. And then you just never know what's going to take off with your kids and sort of, I mean, you might end up having a child like, I am, and this kind of leads into one of the questions we were going to ask, I am not a very musical person. I enjoy music, but I took piano when I was, you know, growing up from the lady from church and she came over to our house and I took it and my sister ate dinner and then my sister came out and she took it while I ate dinner and it was every Tuesday night for like three or four years and then, you know, we didn't really continue beyond that and now I can barely play Mary Had a Little Lamb on the, you know... And somehow I have this super musical kid and he is so gifted and so creative with music. And I mean, thank goodness we homeschooled and he has time to pursue that. And he had time to like really, you know, um, just find that interest even. So yeah, you just never know. So I think, um, you know, when we, we can introduce things like this and, in the beginning, like you said, it doesn't have to be this huge time 
commitment because we, we all are busy and and it's hard sometimes to feel like you're getting in everything you want to but there's lots of ways to do it you have lots of products and lots of things that you offer so well and you know I want to tell you guys a really really sweet story um, I had met a homeschool mom online a couple of years ago and she was doing Squilt, doing Squilt Live. She participated in an online book study that I had. She was just lovely. And she had four children, you know, like right in a row. And she had written to me last January and she said, you know, would you pray for me? I've just found out I have stage three breast cancer. And she has been very, very sick. But they come to their Squilt Live lessons on Thursdays. And she said, I can just be there with them. We are making all these great music memories together. And I feel like I'm giving them something of beauty. And see, for her, that's a lot more important than the math. A lot more important. You know, she reads aloud a lot to them. She does a lot of music. She does a lot with Nana, the Chalk Pastels. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what she's focusing on right now in this season. Um, so, you know, that's, I just wanted to share that with moms that are out there because sometimes homeschooling isn't always easy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice to have things that touch our kids' hearts and our hearts too that we can do. So I didn't mean to make everybody all sad. I know. I know. <laughs> no, it's okay. We're just going to pause and everybody's going to wipe their eyes real quick and then we'll, we'll be okay. But. No, that's beautiful, that's, though. It is and, a beautiful story. And yeah. it's true that music can change your entire atmosphere of your homeschool. Like, even if you're doing something difficult uh, work-wise, we, we have a rule in our house that you can listen to music while you're working as long as there's no lyrics, because the lyrics I found from my trio dis are distracting. <laughs> they're distracting for me, too. But if there doesn't have, if we don't have lyrics and you can't sing along to it, you can mm -hmm. listen to it. And it actually... It, it changes the way the homeschool feels. And I find that for my, my own kids that they're, they're acting, they're working more actively mm -hmm. and there's less maybe, you know, chit chat back and forth and they're getting more stuff done because their ears are enjoying that as they're working. Right. Well, and I mean, there's tons of studies, you know, about how Mozart and Bach and those types of music are really good for our kids too, while they are working on things like that. So smart. That's interesting that you say that, Kate, because I do that too. Like if I'm writing, I can have music, but it can't have lyrics. I think no. it's competing words in my brain or something. I already have lyrics in my head at all times. <laughs> like for anything in life, there's some song happening. The last thing I need is another one. <laughs> so my son said, he, was, he said um, he wants to set up um, a jazz Spotify station for me and I thought you know that would probably be absolutely perfect because I do like to sort of have something that kind of blocks out lots of outside noise but um I don't I can't yeah I can't have lyrics so that's really interesting Spotify is magical isn't it it's, it's so fun yes <laughs> yes I could get lost down a rabbit hole with Spotify many days <laughs> <laughs> okay so for those of us who like I said I am not musically inclined I do not have a strong background in music um and I know that there's plenty of parents out there like that what what tips do you have to share with those parents um well you know one that I'd already given you is just exposure you know start I have one parent that decided they were going to try and go to a concert a month 
with their kids, you know? And it could so be like a local symphony or a chorus or a jazz group. I thought that was a great idea, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I would suggest just learning with your kids. You know, I try to make everything so easy that parents, no matter what level you're at, can go ahead and do it with your kids. And I would say, don't ever say to your kids, well, I'm not musical, because you probably, you are, and you probably don't know it, um, <laughs> right? Or you've just never had the opportunity to display your appreciation <laughs> for music. <laughs> um, but I think sometimes we let some of our, you know, like I'll even say, I'm not that good at drawing. Mm -hmm. um, and Nana would be upset if she heard me say that. I shouldn't, <laughs> right? I am an artist. You are an artist, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> I need to have my little, my hands going out like Nana does. Um, but yeah, I would just say it's the exposure and the willingness to learn. And I'm also a big believer um, in music lessons. I like the discipline um, and just the skill that it promotes with our children. So, and I always suggest that people start with piano because it's a good basis for all other instruments once you know piano. Yes, my son started with that piano and he jumped into um, guitar. And he has just, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, and luckily we were able to find a teacher, you know, and, and do piano because, um, like I said, I'm at Mary Had a Little Lamb stage, but you're telling me I need to stop saying it like that, which I think is a very good point because how we talk yes. about ourselves influences, yeah. you know, a lot. So I, I think that's good. I do enjoy music. I haven't... Uh, played piano for many years maybe that's how I'll put it for now <laughs> I like that you make that recommendation though because um isn't there I feel like there was a study or an article that was out talking about how many adults regret not having learned music oh, yes. in adulthood and yes. I, that's me I wanted to play the violin I remember seeing it on Sesame Street and we couldn't afford it and my mother said there's a piano in our house and I was too stubborn <laughs> to take the piano so I never took anything so there my kids all take piano and they love it now but there was a year I want to say maybe the second or the third year that they were taking it where it was hard because they're they love music but they weren't able to produce the music yet and, and it was very frustrating over that hump which is right. not always a popular right that mom has to go go in there and practice for 20 minutes and it wasn't fun for them then <laughs> right right, right. But yep. then once you get past that, so any, if anyone out there is with that, when you get past that hump, then they love it. And the fact now that they can play something is amazing. And it's like magical to them. Yes. And, you know, I, um, my daughter took piano lessons from second grade up to 11th grade. And then at the end of 11th grade, she stopped. And I'm like, why aren't you going to keep going through 12th grade? But she just did not want to keep going. There was a lot going on. But lo and behold... In her 12th grade year, she picked up the guitar, and that's what she uses the most now. And when she comes back and forth from college, she's got her guitar that she's Aww. taking. I love that. She uses it at school. Um, so even though she's not sitting down and playing her classical piano, 
she's using her music and I feel like I gave her, you know, that foundation to get started. It's a huge gift, I think. Mm -hmm. So you had just mentioned Nana and we just talked to Nana and recently we also talked to Cindy West from our journey westward. Um, I know that you guys all work together frequently and I'm wondering if you have anything on the docket coming up that you could share with us. Um, we don't have anything that's coming up immediately. Um, mm -hmm. we, Trisha and I, um, from Chalk Pastel, we just did something yesterday, um, with Christian Sands Jazz, and then Nana taught them this amazing jazz concept piano with a big hand around it. It was beautiful. Um, but we are, um, brainstorming something for the spring, um, and, you know, I have like Vivaldi's Four Seasons in my mind and Trisha's thinking about something and I know Cindy's thinking about something springish. Um, so we're trying to formalize um, our events and maybe do something together like once a quarter or something like that. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. your friendship and partnership with them. You guys have done many wonderful things together. Well, and we've all been around, you know, for a long time. Trisha and I went to a blogging conference years ago, and um, we drove home all the way together, 12 hours back to Atlanta, and we made these plans for a chalk pastel volume and a squilt volume. And we said, we're going to hold each other accountable. And within the month, we each had something out. Oh. And so now here we are. I love that. Yeah. And I've gone to retreats with Cindy before, and um, it's just fun. As your children get older, you start to have more time for those things. So if I can encourage other homeschool moms, you know, there's light at the end of that tunnel. Um, it's good to have a purpose, you know, once homeschooling <laughs> is over. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, now I'm thinking, you just mentioned the backyard bird count. Okay, so Cindy is all about nature, and I know Nana does a lot of bird drawings, and you said there's music, so yeah, I don't know, it's got me thinking, like, Kate, <laughs> well, and we need to work on this. <laughs> yeah, we also, you know, make a point of, like, if I'm doing something about birds, I'll say, oh, did you know that Nana has this? Yeah, yeah. Here and take it, or do you know that Cindy does this? So we're always trying to help people make that integration of all those subjects, you know, that people don't think they have the time for, um, but we'll go ahead and help you put them all together. Oh, I love that. Oh, well, I know. Um, well, first of all, we should say we just had Nana and Trisha on, so we'll link to that episode. Uh, we had Cindy on last season from Our Journey Westward and No Sweat Nature Study, so we'll link to that episode in the show notes. And I know people are going to want to connect with you more, Mary, so where can everybody find you? Uh, well, you can find me at my homeschool blog, which is homegrownlearners.com or at squiltmusic.com. And I'm on Instagram, too. Perfect. Yes. And that when you were just talking about you and Trisha driving together, um, there's a great picture of you and Nana together because you guys got together at Christmas time, right? So <laughs> yes, they just live like 45 minutes from me. And I wish I could tell you how magical it was because she has a little studio on a lake. And we pulled up and there she was standing 
you know, on her front porch and she's like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to cry because I felt like I'd gone back in time. Yeah. uh, This beautiful little place. Oh, and that's where she records her podcast from Nana's porch, right? (laughs) You know, I think she records her podcast from her house. Yes, but it's... Her, her studio is at a slightly different. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's so neat, neat that she has an away place on the. She does. Magical. And I think her sister is an artist too. And so they work together. Yes. In cottage. Yeah, she talked about that because they used to paint murals together. Yes. Yeah. In the episode when we had her on. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. The place is full of art. It's really cool. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wonderful. Well, before we go, we always like to ask if there's something that's bringing you joy right now. Uh, Something that's bringing me joy right now. um, I would probably say it's um, my books. I am. I love reading. I've kind of um, gotten obsessed with reading. I'm kind of like sometimes ignoring my people and my other household tasks that I have. Um, but no, really, I do. I just have loved having the time to read um, and reading a lot of things that I wasn't able maybe to get a full grasp on when I was in high school or college, going back to those now as a 40-something-year-old um, and enjoying those. So that's I, what's bringing me joy. I just thought of this. Did you recommend Rebecca to me once upon a time? Yes. Oh, I love that book. Okay. Yeah. I I just connected that again because we were in like a group together a while back and I don't even know how it came up, but you, oh, I loved that book. I brought that book with me to a major league baseball game because I could not stop reading it. (laughs) I would have loved a picture of you reading that in the stand. I have my bag with my books when I come to basketball games and my son's like, mom, leave the bag in the car. I might have time. (laughs) I loved it. And like you said, it's one of those that, yeah, you might have, if you had to read it like in high school as part of, you know, a curriculum or something, you might've been like, oh yeah, that book's okay. Oh, I've got to answer the comprehension questions, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it is so good to read as just a pleasurable read. Oh my goodness. I'm so grateful for that recommendation one of the i just read a book called late migrations um and i think all the listeners would absolutely love it it's beautiful uh, it's just it's a group of essays by a oh. woman from the south okay uh, and it's called late migrations okay oh, we will link to that over in the show notes what about you kate so I'm wondering if I mentioned this last week, <laughs> I probably did. So it's probably the same joy, but we are reading a book called the 68 rooms and we were into it last week, which I think I mentioned it with Nana. Um, but my kids are under the weather this week. So it, we, that's basically all we've been doing, but it's magical. It's like, there's something about the way that it soothes kids to read aloud to them by the fire when they're not feeling great. Mm-hmm. And, but it, and, because I've lightened up the home, I'm not expecting them to do much because they feel lousy. The projects that they're doing this week, they made, um, so the book, if anyone doesn't know, is about 
these two children who find a magical key and they can shrink down and go into the thorn rooms at the Chicago Institute of Art. They're like miniature little rooms, historic looking rooms, true to the historic period from around the world. And we have, they actually exist. It's a real thing. We've gone through this whole rabbit hole about miniatures. They're making little dioramas. My story club is going to get shrinky dinks. We're going to make little people shrink. Oh. It gets turned into, they're doing uh, floor plans of their own rooms and drawings of their own rooms. It's so, it's been so neat to watch that, you know, and it just reminds us that even when you don't think you're doing a lot, your kids are learning something cool. Let's music from those time periods. Yes. Put it on while your kids. That's what I was thinking as you were saying this. I was like, we need to go back and look at the rooms in room 15E is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the soundtrack of those rooms? You know? That is yeah. so fun. I'm going to totally do that this afternoon. You might have just saved my afternoon, Mary. <laughs> Spotify to the rescue, right? Yes. <laughs> What about you, Kara? Well, right now I'm writing down Chicago Institute of Art because we're not far from Chicago. So now I want to go. Um, oh my gosh, can you please take video? Yes. <laughs> probably, yeah. probably not allowed. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But, but I can, I'll describe it in detail. How's that? Um, the kids were like, do these exist? And I was like, I don't think so. But then I, did it and I was like, oh, these are real. Isn't that <laughs> amazing? Go and see. Yeah, they're amazing. We ordered a little. My, our library didn't have anything and there wasn't anything interlibrary loan because I think this is kind of a, a random rabbit hole but we ordered something off of thrift books like a two dollar book that's going to be coming at some point that shows all the rooms that will have spreads of them oh wow um, I, did, I didn't tell them that that's a surprise I'm hoping it gets here before <laughs> too much longer yeah yeah but you should go because it it looks amazing yeah now I totally want to go um but the the thing that is bringing me joy right now is my weighted blanket and I love that thing so much like it's a little it's like I'm already thinking it's 15 pounds how am I going to drag it with me to like conferences this year (laughs) you're going to get charged at the airport (laughs) I can't go anywhere without my blankie but it's super like I have slept through the night every single night since I have had this weighted blanket. I got it right after Christmas. I got a gift card and I was like, I know exactly what I'm using this gift card on. I am buying myself. I'm finally buying myself a weighted blanket. I've wanted one for a long time and it is magical. I just am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're as good as everyone says. And even when it's not sleeping, well, and but I don't know. See, here's the thing though, because we got one for my daughter and she put it on her lap and was like, nope. <laughs> And so we returned hers, but I tested it out before we returned hers. And I was like, oh yes, yes, this is so, um, it even helps just when I'm having kind of like, you know, just bad anxiety day or whatever. I put that thing on me and it's just very comforting. So we had one or have one for my oldest, um, when he was having a lot of sensory stuff early on and he really liked it except for sleep because it made him hot. Yeah. So that was the only bummer because it really did calm him down. And when I really, really, really wanted him calmed down, <laughs> he's not having it. <laughs> well, we'll see if I'm still singing its praises in the summer. But for right now, tons of joy with my weighted blanket. <laughs> I love that. 
we'll have to link it in the show notes. Yes, we will link that. We will link everything we talked about today and where to find Mary. And Mary, thank you so much for joining us. It was so good to talk to you. This was really fun. Having me. Yes, this was a a really nice way to spend a morning. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.